Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Hallelujah. Bless your name, O oh Lord. Bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be here in your presence. We want to say thank you for saving us out of that horrible pit and placing our feet upon a solid rock. I thank you, Lord, that we can face the storms now and we can face whatever comes our way. We know that you're Lord because you picked us up and we wanna thank you now with all our hearts. Thank you for being here in this house. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It was good to see the ladies from the home they always bless me. You don't know this, but they, all, they clean this whole place up when you're not here. Amen. And they do a good, good job. And we got some amazing ladies in the home. I mean, they're, they're warriors. I just lost a good friend of mine yesterday at 7 o'clock. He was Rudy Chacon. And uh, he was the best preacher, street preacher. Amen. He preached while he was alive. And he's gone. I said, well, I told Stella, say hi to a new member. It's getting full upstairs. Hallelujah. So I just, you know, we need to pray for his family. When you, whenever it comes to your mind, just pray for Chacon's family. Because they're going to be hurting for a while. Anyway, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29. And we're still looking at Abraham yesterday. Last time I went into the vision about God restraining and God preparing us to move into heaven and we have nothing to fear. But I'm looking at now back to Abraham and Proverbs 29, verse 18. Are you happy today? Yeah. Amen. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let me read it again. Where there is no vision, people perish. The reason why you're here is because of a vision. The vision that Jesus had when he died on the cross, he says, I'm going to reach all the world because I'm going to die, but I'm going to resurrect, but I'm going to be there alive through the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're all one working together. They're a big team, amen? But the church to me is so important that we have a vision because a personal vision, first of all, because if you walk into this place and you think it's just church, well, let me tell you something. There is a spirit in this church and his name is the Holy Spirit. 
and he is here ministering. And what he does is that he looks right into your heart and he begins to find out who you really are. He already knows that. But how deep in sin you are. And then God begins to move in your life and by conviction you start feeling something funny. You start hearing the word and then all of a sudden God begins to move on you because he's a person. He's got a mind. He's got a will and he's got emotions and he knows how to tap into your emotions, tap into your heart, tap into all that you are. And he knows how to bring you on your knees and so that you can meet him. See, you need to know that he's here. Number two is that God begins to touch you right here sometimes. Right here you get saved sometimes and sometimes it's on the street. Amen. Or sometimes it's with family. But God begins to move in a very special way in your life. I remember sitting down in church. I didn't know anything. But God knew everything about me. And when he touched me, he changed my life. Stella told me, who are you now? And I said, well, Jesus touched me, Stella. He says, no, 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 there's something wrong with you. You took too many drugs. No, no, no drugs, Stella. It was, it was a reality of Jesus, and she couldn't believe it. I had to prove to her by me living in Jesus that it was real. And pretty soon, God started dealing with her. So that was one salvation, but then came a bigger vision. I remember sitting in a conference and hearing Pastor Mitchell. And as Pastor Mitchell started preaching, I felt like, I don't remember the message, but I, I felt like there was this harpoon. And God stuck it into my, my, into my life, into my spirit, and pulled me inside out. And talked to me and said, from here on, I want you to take the church to another level, and I want you to start planting churches like never before. And that was a personal touch that God did in my life, a personal call that I thought I could never do. But that thing runs through my blood because it's something that God has placed there, and there is nobody that can take it away. This is why a church, not only are we a church, but we produce preachers and teachers and apostles and evangelists and all that. We, we produce that here, not in our own will, but in the will of God, knowing that God is the author and the finisher of our lives. So you and I have to understand that he is after us to accomplish what he needs to accomplish with us. You are a, a special person. A special person, you're like a, one of those light bugs. They say in Tennessee, you can go up to the mountains in, in Tennessee and they put on the show the light bugs. No, nobody pushes them. Nobody does anything to them. Just at that particular time of the year, it, they put out a powerful show. And all people come from everywhere just to see the light bugs perform. Something that God organizes. And pushes, and people are just watching this, that God's nature is to also entertain people and to show them that he is in charge of every single thing. So we serve a mighty God. So we need a vision. We need a vision. We can't just be blind. We need a vision. But we need a personal vision. 
A personal vision that gets down deep into the marrow of your bone, that gets into your heart, that shakes you up, that stirs you up, and all of a sudden you become alive and you look at things differently. Maybe you were a complainer and you stopped complaining. Maybe you were somebody that was always pointing the finger and now you're pointing it back at you and you, you know, it doesn't matter no more. You're a brand new person because the Lord, the Lord touched your life. But there is a heartbreak that I see a lot of times in churches that you can walk in and not sense anything because your heart is so far somewhere else. You see, your heart can be given over to somebody that you love. You know, Johnny, that you fell in love with Johnny. You just love Johnny. Johnny, 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 Johnny. Johnny stinks after a while. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. I hope your name is not Johnny because I'm not picking on you. That's just a name that I'm saying. But what, you get so obsessed. With one person is what I'm saying. And God wants you to get obsessed with him. When you fall in love with him, man, you will never be the same. You will be a total different person because you know very well that he's touched you. And Paul the apostle and Abraham were known for their faith. And Abraham knew very well that this vision that God had given him Look to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. Wherever you lay your feet at, that land I will give you. And the promise comes to us that all the land in the world belongs to God. And God uses individuals to accomplish his will on the earth. As you heard my sister this morning, she is a miracle. She didn't go into detail, but she is a miracle now. A miracle. I couldn't believe it when I found out all kinds of stuff. I said, wow, what a genuine conversion that took place in her heart. But there's something that hurts me deeply that you can come to church and not be changed. You can come to church and just play dead. You go through all the feelings, but nothing's taking place inside. Let me tell you something. you got to open up the doors of your heart and say, God, here I am. I don't understand everything, but I want a personal relationship with you. And then from there on, take me where you want me. So I get saddened because so many Christians walk around that, or, or, or believers or people that just believe but never encountered God. They walk around, but they really don't have that drive of that vision. The church needs to understand that we are called as a body, as an army, to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish on earth. And listen to me. You don't have enough time. Look at how fast time has gone. If you look back and you say, man, I'm already at this age, you start feeling older. Let me tell you something, but here we go. Abraham was 100 years, and Sarah was 90, and they still had revival and had a son. So come on. That means that God, listen to me, that means that God can reproduce ourselves wherever we go. Why? Because we have the nature of God, the power of God, and we understand the purpose of the church that we're not just to just enjoy the presence, but to demonstrate the presence. Demonstrate the presence by what? By preaching what have, we have in our hearts. You don't have to learn this whole, you don't, know, you don't have to know the whole Bible to understand what God did in your heart. You can't stop talking about Jesus the minute he touches you. I don't know about you, I haven't stopped since I got saved. You just cannot stop. You cannot stop. And if you stop, 
Well, you'll fade away. Hallelujah. And I just lost my page, so hang on with me. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. I, lay, I like these computers, but when they change, they change my life. So we need a vision. How do, how, do we, how do we get a vision in the church? Number one, you have to listen to the preaching. Preaching is very important, especially when God starts pulling your covers. When God starts stepping into areas that you don't want Him to step in, but He knows all about it. And you start feeling very uncomfortable at church and the preacher starts speaking and pretty soon that, that word becomes alive in you. That's why God told me, open living word. Yes. Living word. By, why? Because it's the Bible that does every single thing with the Spirit of God mingle. So God exposes who you are. I remember Stella. Stella was a, a good, holy Catholic. And she went, to, she went to school, graduated from Catholic school, but she didn't know Jesus. And it took a fool like me to introduce her to Jesus. Why do I say a fool? Because I was full of, full of everything in the world. I was dumb, idiot, whatever you want to call me, drug addict, whatever. But when he touched me, all of a sudden she saw the change. And the glory of God touched that educated woman. And turn her life around to the point that even her family got mad at her. Why you with Reuben and why this? Because I accepted Jesus. It's not about Reuben no more. It's about Jesus. And she spoke it out loud. That, that is the power of the gospel. When the power of the gospel comes in with the conviction of God, all of a sudden he exposes who you are. And all of a sudden you cry inside because now it's God dealing with you. It's not the preacher dealing with you. It is God, the Holy Spirit, dealing with you. And when he deals with you, you're severe. Pretty soon you're cussing and you go, oh my God, I shouldn't be cussing. Even though one flew out the cuckoo's nest. And then you, you take, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why? Because now you know that God is real because the preacher preached. See, but sometimes we have the, a syndrome inside of us that when situations come our way and problems come our way, we go, to, we go backwards instead of going forward in God. Because those situations come to, to bother us. The problems come to bother us. But in reality, those problems, those problems that are hitting you are exposing your weaknesses. Exposing your weaknesses and you come to church and you hear a message and here's where God helps you as he's exposing your weaknesses. God is planting his word inside of you and those seeds begin to all of a sudden break and bring fruit inside of you and then you start understanding. But thank God for bad situations. Thank God for ugly situations. Because when you're giving yourself to God, you will come out better, better than gold and silver. You will notice how beautiful God is because he knows exactly what he's doing. So if you have a vision, you have to have a vision of yourself. You hear the preaching, but then God starts designing and all of a sudden you start feeling, man, I need to do something for God. Yeah. Uh, some, uh, some ladies will say, man, I, I need to be a missionary. I, I, I need to preach the word. I need to teach. Ladies can preach. Yeah. 
Come on, ladies. I said ladies can preach. Ladies can teach. Yeah, there's neither female or male in heaven, and we're all one. Doesn't mean that you take over the authority of a man. Just says that you help the man. I just want to make that clear. Because Sally used to tell me, I, I, I'll preach, but you're the pastor. I don't want to hear all those problems. You're the pastor. You do it. I said, well, can you help me pray? Yeah, I'll help you pray. Well, that's, that's helping me. That's good. Thank you, sister. Stay that way. Hallelujah. But don't ever try to tell me what to do, when to do it. Back me up. And she used to tell me, I'll only tell you something when you are wrong. And you know, wives have those little daggers, you know. The little knives. The barbershop knives, you know, they, they, they know how to cut you real fine. Just, and, so you, and all of a sudden you're bleeding. I said, what am I bleeding for? It was the wife that just hit you real softly. And then a combination of the Holy Spirit putting you in the place where he wanted you to be. Call being focused in the real things that God wants you to be. So we need a vision of ourselves, of ourselves. You are, listen to me, you are God's creation in Christ Jesus. God formed you. He formed Adam and Eve. He formed us. You are God's creation. You're just not here by accident. Amen. Let me say it again. You're not here by accident. Amen. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Amen. And why? Why am I saying that? Because we pray for you every single day. Amen. We pray that God will just minister to your heart, that God will lead you to in your heart of where you need to be in your spirit, in your gifting, so that you can come alive, so that you can bloom in the house of God, so that we can accomplish everything that we need to accomplish. I can't reach ladies, but you ladies can reach ladies. I can reach the guys, but I can I could reach the ladies too, but I don't want to get involved in all that. You know what I mean? But you ladies could do it, and, and that way I'm not accused about nothing, you know. So you see you ladies can do it real sweet. You know how you are. Sister, you're a great lady, but there's one thing you got to fix. And after that, you got a second thing how to fix. And when we get done with that, you probably have a third, fourth, fifth. Just like I had the disease. Now God is using you guys to do it. So... The vision is within the house because the body, it's like your physical body. Your body is made so beautiful. You have a heart, you have a brain, you have nerves, you have everything. The blood is flowing properly. Well, that's the way the body of Christ should be. It should be flowing properly, not killing each other, not having envy, not being jealous, not being bitter, not putting yourself ahead of somebody, but always serving, 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 serving. Listen, this body always serves what God wants you to do. When I want to do something, no, 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 you can't do it. You do what I want you to do. Why? Because your body, it becomes a living sacrifice. The things that I don't want to do, I do because it's the body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable for His reasonable service. So we are serving each other to accomplish God's will because we heard the message and because we understand that we are a body healing itself. When one of you hurts, I hurt. When one of the other ones hurt, they hurt, 
And then they tell me, and we heard, and we start praying about those situations because we want to see the vision of God be done inside of you. And even in your kind ladies, some of you are very soft-spoken ladies. Would to God that we had more like you. Self-spoken. Because some ladies are wild. They, they just tell you, this is what I feel and this is what you get. And then when you have no restraint in your tongue, that means that the body has to be adjusted. This tongue is the smallest member that we have. And yet, it could destroy a lot of people by just speaking the wrong way, including the men. Men can be violent, you know, once they start a play to what? What are you looking at, hey? What are you, what, what? <laughs> and that just started with a word, with one word. What are you looking at, hey? What are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they put you in the front, field. Thank you, Jesus. So we need, we need a lot of word so that God can fix us. And it's through the preaching that God fixes us. How many have ever come to church and said, man, I just heard a word and it fixed me up. I'm glad I went to church that morning because it fixed me up. I'm glad I heard Soto Thursday and, and all the rest of the brothers I heard of and they fixed me up. Yeah, sometimes we need some band-aids. Sometimes we need some healing. Sometimes we need some alcohol and place it on our cuts. And sometimes we just need a good word to push us forward in the mighty name of Jesus. So thank God for the preaching of the word in the church because it creates a healthy body. A healthy body. And it gives us a proper vision of what we should be like. Because a lot of times it's sad that I see Christians that don't deal with their convictions. When God convicts you, let me give you a a nugget here. When God convicts you right away, go to God and tell him you're sorry and to help you in that area. And if you mess up again, go to God again. How many here have made more altar calls for one thing? And that same thing over and over, and over and over, and over and over, and then finally you get it. I used to fight with Stella. I, I, I could not walk through the door without fighting with her. And I would hear the preaching and it convicted me. And then again, I would do it. And we, and she, we lived in the hill, so I would park the car in the bottom. And, and I, I would pray an hour before, before I ever went up to see her because I was working. And, I, and then I, I would be bold enough to, to go, and then we start fighting. I did it maybe a hundred times. And I was praying still, and still I did it. How many have ever prayed, and then you did it? Don't look at me like, not me. Yeah, you do. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, and then I fasted and fasted. And Stella used to tell me, why are you so mean? Every time you say a word, you just don't say it right. I said, oh, no, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I had this anger inside of me. And one day, the Holy Spirit just broke me. And this is how he broke me. I had got the motor for my VW van, brand new. No, the transmission, I'm sorry, the transmission. And I went up the hill and parked it there, and I was happy. And then we fought. 
And I got on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the van and I started driving and Stella says, I hope your transmission falls apart. <laughs> Man, it broke at the bottom of the hill. It just cracked, bang. Just gave me enough time to just park it. And I went upstairs and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Stella, but you know, you're pretty powerful, sister. Don't mess with my van. I just, I just lost $1,500 of transmission. Well, maybe the Lord just wants you to be nice to me. I was like, oh. But I learned my lesson. Sometimes your wife will say certain things to you, and you might not like what she said, but it's like the old tonics, the red one and the yellow. The red one was the sweet tonic with a cough. The yellow would kill everything. <laughs> and sometimes a sweet reward will come in there and just knock everything off of you and heal you so that you could become a better man and a better woman so that you could heal your whole house because it's important to walk in step Amen. and in respect with one another. Amen. So thank God for the church and the preaching because it corrects you when you need it. Yes. How many of you ever crawled into here and said, man, I made it. <laughs> you know, one of those days, like, <gasps> you know, you're, you're just obeying, like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go. And your body says, stay home and relax. <laughs> stay home and relax and just take it easy. And then you come to church and you sit there and all of a sudden you hear the word of God and boom, it hits you. And you said, oh, God, I thank you that I came because you healed my heart. You gave me energy. You pushed me forward. Pushed me forward. See, a vision is all the time, it'll determine whether you survive or you die. You survive or you die. When, you, when it is genuine, you're going to be like Abraham. He stood living living out in the desert for 25 years in, in tents. 25 years in tents. With his whole family out in the desert. It wasn't easy for him, but God has spoken to him to go, not knowing where he was headed. And 25 years living in a tent. If you have a house, you want to thank God it's a house. Thank God you got a roof over your head. Thank God you got running water. You might, it might not be a good looking house, but you try to make it the best. Or you might have a good house, a beautiful house. It's okay. But don't make it your idol. Because God told Abraham in the book of Hebrews 11:10, he says, but he saw a city whose builder and maker was God. Was God. In other words, he would say, this tent, Sarah, it's all right, Sarah. Thank you for enduring this hard work. It's all right. You know, we both made mistakes. It's all right, but we're living in this tent. Uh, but I, I see a greater place. A city whose builder and maker is God. God is going to bless us. God's going to do everything for us. And he's going to accomplish what he said he was going to accomplish. But 25 years in the desert is a long time. A long time being there with all the piranhas, all the servants, and trying to feed everybody and trying to keep the house. But he was looking up upstairs that there was a builder. 
and maker of the house of God, that God was going to do it. Sometimes we just see the familiar and we get stuck in the familiar. No, 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 no. You got to get faith and you got to roll in faith and you got to prophesy in faith. We're not going to be like this all the time. We're not going to be suffering all the time. God's going to bless us and going to increase us and going to keep us and going to move us forward. That's why we're moving by faith, by faith, by faith. How many here have ever had cars that always broke down? How many know you spent a lot of money taking those cars? You should have bought a brand new one by the time you were finished. But God is faithful. God is faithful. I see some of you getting in your car with your wife and you're all lovey-dovey. And she says to you, where are you taking me to eat? And you turn around and say, Burger King. <laughs> and she says, don't you have a God who's builder and maker? Oh, come on. Can you take me somewhere else than Burger King? Come on, Let's go somewhere else. Take me somewhere. But you're walking, but you, as a man, you're walking, but you're, you squeak. Well, you're walking. <laughs> Mr. Tin Man. You're so tight with your money. Come on. Take the lady and bless her. At least, at least once in a while or whatever you want. You know, if you could do it more, do it more. But keep mama happy. Hallelujah. Because when you keep her happy, the whole house is happy. Yeah, I don't know why I'm saying this, but hallelujah. Look at Moses, 40 years in the desert. 40 years, and we complain about one year. We complain about 10 years. These men, 25, Moses, 40 years in the desert. Grabbed on to the promise of God and said, God promised me and God's going to bless me. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to learn. I'm going to make mistakes. But I'm going to be the best leader when I'm done. I'm just hanging on to these 40 years and the promises of God. Because they are yay and amen to the glory of God. He does not lie. He will keep you and he will bless you. So look at Joseph. 14 years of suffering. 14 years of suffering. And yet God blessed him at the end. Gave him more than what he had. And he blessed his own, his, own, his own family, he blessed. He blessed them. All the way through Benjamin, he blessed his father. Just blessed him. Why? Because he was standing faithful in the promises of God. Don't give up just because your demon-possessed car breaks. Some of you kick your car, pow, pow, and I'm passing by. What is John doing, man? What happened to the promises of God? What happened to God meeting your need? Sometimes God allows us. Can you imagine? How many here have ever thrown a tantrum and you know God saw you? Let me see those hands. How many have you ever thrown a big tantrum? I mean, you, you, you just blew up. And Gabriel and Michael and Jesus are looking at you and saying, Watch out. Look at your son, Jesus. 
And Jesus probably says, have mercy, Gabriel. Have yeah. mercy, Michael. Yeah. They're learning God's ways. Thank you, Lord. you learn. You know, like the little scripture that said, count it all joy when everything goes wrong. <laughs> then everything goes wrong. What happened? All you have is a lemon face. That's about it. <laughs> All of us are better on that now. Can you, are we better now? Amen. Because if you don't get better, you get bitter. Because the I, I, I is right there. That's the only difference between those two words is the I. When you live for yourself, you will always be mad at something. When you live for God, you will correct your ways. I met a lot of bitter people. A lot of bitter, bitter, bitter people. I've, I've even met bitter grandmas. Bitter. Life didn't treat them well. And they didn't have the right attitude. And they were bitter. Every time they talked, they were spitting out bitterness. Bitterness. And there's nothing I could do because they're stubborn. How many have ever seen a mule? Ah. Oh. They just go wild as a dad. I mean wild as a donkey. So God will deal with us. He has everything for us, but there is a time clock for you. There is a time clock for me. There's a time clock for everybody. But God will always show up because He knows He's sovereign. And he knows what he could do for you. Yes. And what your desires are, he knows exactly how to get you there. Yes. But if you're impatient, you'll run ahead of God and you will always stumble and never accomplish because you got speed without long suffering. Yes, you need long suffering. Yes. That's why God put the, the brake in your car. If you're going too fast, if there's a bump in the road, you, you hit the brake so you won't hit that bump. Right. Sometimes you just got to put the brakes on. Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, you don't have to clap. Just swallow it. <laughs> you have to put the brakes on because God is not worried. God knows what he's doing. You might be worried, but he knows what you're doing. And he knows who you are better than you know yourself. Whoo, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming. Look at Jesus at the cross. What a man of discipline, man. He was God in the flesh. He felt every single thing. And yet, he got his body under submission. And he said, not my will but your will be done. And that's the problem with us. We always hop to our will instead of God's will. Turn around and tell your neighbor, God's talking to your neighbor. God's will. God doesn't, doesn't, God doesn't show up when you want him to show up. God does things when he sees that everything is in order in you. And that he can trust you with everything and that you're not going to mess it up. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap off. <laughs> yeah. Look at the spies that went out to spy the land and they came back 
and told uh, Joshua, no, no, we, we, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. And then the other two said, we can do it. He said, we, we saw the grapes, the grapes of victory. Those grapes belong to us. We can take the land. If these guys don't want to do it, we'll do it. We'll do it and we'll accomplish everything. Why? Because they were solid men that were trained to accomplish things. And they knew who they were serving. And they knew that God's final word will always come to pass. And that's what we need to do. Take the word of God inside of us. Let it incarnate you. Let it rule your mind. Let it rule your spirit. So that when you walk, you're not walking ahead of God. You're walking with God. Knowing that it's going to come. It might not be at your time. You might be disturbed by, by all the problems. Your daughters, your sons might be demon possessed. But don't worry about it. You just walk. You just walk and talk. And you say, I know my family, my kids. They're going to come to the subjection of God. And I want to see the blessing of God on all my tribe. Why? Because I see the fruit of victory. They can't see it, but I can see it. Just like the spies, they couldn't see it. But two of them said the fruit, we saw the fruit, and it is the fruit of victory. We can take the land. We can accomplish it. So we need to come to that particular place and say to God, I received the word, I engraft the word, I got a vision, and no matter what happens to my family, I'm going to love them, I'm going to love them until the cabezones wake up. Come on. I'm talking experience. I had five girls and one boy. And all my girls turned out good. Did did they almost drive us crazy? Yeah. <laughs> the first test, oh my God, oh Jesus, oh Lord. That one broke me. The second one started off and I was a little sweeter, you know. By the third one, ah, God, you got this. The fourth one, ah, you got it, Lord, you got it. And thank God for my son, Jason. He moved to Tennessee. <laughs> But he didn't get away with it because now he has two kids. He has to face his own judgment for running. So be encouraged. When your family goes wrong, remember, you know the word. You know who God is. In patience, possess your soul. And let it be. Don't get in the middle. You cannot fix a storm in the middle of it. Let it fall apart. And then go pick up the pieces. I told you so. Come, come on. Come, come on, come You learn? I think so. Okay, How about you, Miha? You learn? Yes, Daddy. Okay. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Do not get in the middle and try to perfect it when it's all when it's God dealing with them. Let it let the storm die. Now I get to enjoy all the grandkids. This one, that one, and this one, and that one. And I don't even remember all the fires. All I remember is those cute little faces. 
But then somebody reminds me and I say, oh yeah, I paid a price for that one. Oh yeah, I went through torment with that. Yeah, I did want to kill that one. Yeah, I did, I, I did, I did, I did, I did go wrong somewhere there. Come on, am I saying the truth there? Yeah. <laughs> that vision has to drive you. And I'll leave you with this. When you jump in the car, you, maybe you're going all the way to New York or wherever you're going to go. But you go like 200, uh, you, you don't go feet, you just go yards. You just put your focus on the yards. You know the mileage, but on the yards, you're right there. But you don't go by the feet, by the yards. Easy does it. We're going to get there, Amen. and we're going to get there. And some people are so impatient when they're in the car. How many have ever been impatient in the car? When am I getting there? When am I getting there? You just got in. What do we mean? We just turned the corner. When are we going to get there? That, that tells you the immaturity of all your kids. When are we going to get there? Meanwhile, mom and dad, don't worry. We're going to get there. Just be quiet here. Eat your popcorns. Have your food. I want to say to all of you here, you're going to get there. You're not without mistakes, but you're going to get there. And by the time you're grown, you're going to love all your kids. You're going to appreciate every scar you have. You might not have tattoos, but you've got scars everywhere. And every time you mention one name, it triggers off the whole journey. But it's okay. As long as God puts it together, and as long as you have grown, then you can be that anchor of strength to haul the family. And that's the way Abraham was. That's the way Jacob was. That was the way Benjamin was. That's the way all the people of the Bible were. It wasn't easy until they made it through. I want to encourage you. Love your trial. Let me say it again. Love your trial. What do you mean by trial? Your kids. Your trials. Your trials. Love them. Because they're going to grow up. What's the name of your, of your son? Aiden. Aiden comes up to me and gives me a big... He, he don't... He just don't, you know, hug me. He squeezes me like... Argh! You know, and I pretend that I'm really going through the changes. But he's just squeezing me, yeah. He's showing his love. I appreciate that. One of these days, Adrian's going to grow up. He'll probably be a preacher if he squeezed me so much that the anointing's going to fall on him. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me. I'll keep going next Sunday or whenever. Close your eyes, would you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for being so good to us. So good to us in the middle of the storms. And I know that a lot of us, Lord, we, we, we have to learn your ways. But I want to thank you that you are our Father and you are patient with us. And you love us regardless of how we feel when we fail, when we become confused, when we feel like we shouldn't be 
who we are. We shouldn't even be at church. We shouldn't even serve you. But you know who we are. We're diehards for you. We just love you, Lord. We might not understand everything, but we love you with all our hearts. And you love us back. And I want to thank you for that great patience that you have. And your great, great anointing that you have on us. Thank you so much. Just don't allow nothing to happen to our kids. Thank you. Would you just give the Lord a clap offering right now? Just tell him thank you. Thank you, Father. 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 As every head is bowed, you say, Pastor Ruben, you know, I've gone through so many things, going through so many things. Sometimes I just want to take the reins, but God won't let me. I do certain things to keep the peace. I do certain things just to flow. But you know, you don't want me to take those reins. The only reins that I have is mine and my wife's. The rest, I have to give you the reins of my children so that you can take care of business. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I pray that you would just, uh, you just uh, bring some breath of life to our people, that you will bring new strength to them, that you will cause their minds to be widened, their hearts to be widened, that will be so, so large, their hearts so large and their brains so large to comprehend what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you from our families. I rebuke you from every bad thing in the name of Jesus. You cannot have our children. You will not have our children, period. Because we will be people of prayer and people that will believe the promises of God. In the name of Jesus, now we release this anointing on every single individual here in this house. Give us the strength to finish this course that you put before us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every head bow, every eye closed.